Okay, can you hear me? All right, uh, looks a lot different from the front versus the back. Um, definitely made a migration north today as Jeff made a migration south to warmer weather. <clears throat> I'm glad to be able to share uh, the message with you today. Uh, today I'm, we are opening the next sermon series called Forms and Functions of the Church. Uh, it will be a six-week sermon series based off the letters of Paul wrote to the Church of Corinth. It is actually very appropriate that uh, this Sunday and next Sunday, uh, I will be preaching this Sunday, obviously, and Katrina will be next week following our Jonah series on answering God's call. <clears throat> um, today, as most of you are aware, we are taking communion, and with that being said, this should be a pretty easy sermon for someone that grew up in the church for 25 years to preach. Um, but as I was reading this last week and weeks prior, I really wanted to bring this sermon to you today in a new light. Uh, we are actually going to be reading out of 1 Corinthians 11, 17 to 34, and I will be reading from the New Living Translation. But in the following instructions, I cannot praise you, for it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together. First, I hear that there are division among you, and when you meet in the church, and to some extent, I believe that. But of course, there must be division among you, so that you who have God's approval will be recognized. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry and eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. What then? Don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? <clears throat> what am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when he was betrayed. And Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it, and he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthingly is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourselves before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For, it is, for if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon you. That is why many of you are weak, sick, and some have even died. But if you would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. So dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you are really hungry, eat at home, and you won't bring judgment upon yourselves when you meet together. I'll give you the instructions about the other matters after I arrive. The thing that jumped out to me uh, when I read through this passage, um, 
was Paul was pretty much saying, hey, don't, don't drink and uh, take communion if you're not fully prepared for it. Um, I actually asked multiple people what their views on communion were and when I said I was preaching communion Sunday. And I got some interesting responses. Um, there was a few that actually were, um, it was kind of ironic, but they, they said that, that sermon again. And so I was like, oh, well, the standards are definitely set for me. Um, and we look at the Last Supper as this holy time where Jesus started out by washing his disciples' feet and an act of complete servanthood which we will not be taking uh, part of today. So if you didn't wash your feet, you're all right. Um, and then we, then he, after that, he sat down and broke the bread and drank from the cup. While Jesus was doing this, um, Judas Iscariot sat there, arguably one of the biggest villains in the Bible. Um, often we overlook the narrative of Judas and focus on what Jesus was telling the disciples to do. But today, I challenge us to collectively to look at the narrative of Judas. There isn't really much known on Judas as you read through most of the gospel. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have guessed that one of his disciples being, would be the one that betrayed Christ. Um, imagine if you were hearing this story for the first time. Um, in Hollywood terms, this would be a huge plot twist. Everyone's jaw would be dropping at the movie theaters. Uh, Jesus handpicked each one of his disciples. And uh, it's not like a traditional uh, way of doing things like we would have today, where you would go fill out an application, set up an interview, and then meet with HR, and then get your confirmed of hiring. Um, Jesus went and selected each one, and this was prior to Christ even having much of a reputation of being this great teacher. Um, it was literally going off of his word. And it was a huge step of faith for the disciples, and that included uh, Judas as well, to follow him. And I understand um, that there is, when we read this, it's like we read through and, and Judas is just under the radar, we see the only real thing we see to him before um, the whole betrayal is that he was in charge of the, the money. And in, I think it's John actually said that his hands would slip into the, the pot a little bit. Um, but to put the betrayal that Judas did in today's terms, it would be like having uh, friends over for dinner and sitting there eating dinner with your friends and all of a sudden your best friend tells you he's having an affair with your spouse. Um, that would be a huge betrayal and I understand that is a little bit outrageous but it happens but it's not nearly as large as the betrayal Christ had with losing his life. <clears throat> we have all experienced betrayal in some regards in our life no matter how big or small. It leaves a sting and uncertainty of what next. As we read through, we see Judas planned his betrayal down to the smallest details prior to execute, executing it. Even he even planned the price that he felt was fair for betraying Christ. In the same way, 
there are many people potentially here that are doing the same thing. Some people are going through life doing the same thing as Judas did, planning out all of our sins for either physical or financial gain or other means. And we are doing this and when we shouldn't be. For many reasons, we do it. But every time we do something like this, we are putting another nail into the cross. It doesn't matter how big or small it is, it's a lifestyle of sin. An example of this is foul language. When I played football at Mannheim, um, I remember one of our teammates, he was actually uh, the captain my senior year. And um, he was a very good, godly man, and he wanted to be an example unto the rest of our team. And so anytime he heard the, anyone in the locker room or out in the field swear, he would say, choose a different word. And from the standpoint of Mannheim Central football, uh, there's a lot of profanity uh, thrown around. And, but ironically, by the end of the season, uh, there was a lot less than at the start. Um, at least that is for the, the players themselves. Uh, the coaches were still on board with the whole swearing thing. Uh, for me, personally, um, it'd be very easy for me to throw out some choice words, um, and Scott can probably attest to this. When you're tightening a fitting uh, with your pipe wrench, and all of a sudden it, your jaws let loose and your knuckles bang against the floor joists. Um, but the best thing is, in that situation, you're down in the basement, and for me personally, I work for a very conservative outfit. And I guarantee you, if I'd say some choice words, I would get back to my boss very quickly. Um, but returning to the upper room and, and the Last Supper, we see, uh, we see Jesus call out his betrayer, and his disciples are trying to figure out which one it was. Uh, Luke 22, 21 through 24 says, But here at this table, sitting among as friends is the one who will betray me for it is it has been determined the son of man must die but what sorrow awaits the one who betrays me the disciples began to ask each other which one of them would ever do such a thing then they began to argue among themselves about who who would be the great uh, who would be the greatest among them I can almost see Judas in this situation, uh, trying to slip back and go unnoticed. But Jesus wasn't afraid of conflict. When asked who would betray him, uh, Jesus called out Judas. And his way of calling him out was saying, the one that dips, uh, that I dip the bread into the cup and eats will be the one that betrays me. And he gave that bread to Judas. Um, some, then shortly after Judas actually left the, uh, left the Passover meal because Jesus told him to leave quickly and do what needs done. Some people say that it didn't really go noticed as much because he was essentially, uh, the one in charge of the money, so they thought he was settling, uh, for essentially the rental fees, um, and I, in the same way, guys, 
telling many of us this morning um, to do it quickly. If we are guilty of living a lifestyle of sin, um, I hope that we as a congregation can see our own flaws in our ways prior to taking communion this morning. God wants more, more than, uh, from us than just a Sunday morning Christian. He wants to be a part of our daily journey. Some people here today may be, uh, may be that Sunday morning Christian. Um, and some of it may happen as soon as we walk through the doors of the church. Um, some of it may even happen inside the lobby itself. Uh, whether that's the Sunday morning gossip that sometimes goes on in the lobby, uh, or or if we're just not living the lifestyle that we should be. Um, what I'm, <clears throat> what, what I actually find very fitting today is that we will be taking communion in the same manner that Jesus acknowledged his betrayer. Um, today we will be going up and dipping the bread into the cup. Um, which I find very fitting because it's also an acknowledgement that we ourselves have betrayed Christ. Um, and I hope that in doing such, we can take time to actually evaluate why uh, we do communion. After the betrayal, uh, Judas uh, went back to the high priest and he tried giving his, the money back that he collected um, but the high priest wouldn't, wouldn't want any of that money back strictly because it was essentially blood money. Um, and you see that the money was actually then, Judas threw the money at them, and they essentially took the money and made it into a cemetery. Um, <clears throat> but as we see in the scripture from 1 Corinthians 11 to 30, chapter 11 verse 30 uh, there is many among us that are weak sick and some have even died and I find that uh, very fitting because look at how Judas what happened to the end results with Judas um, he took in with the communion and was not right with the Lord and shortly after he took his own life um, and I challenge, I challenge each of you this morning as we move, in, move into our time of communion to examine yourselves prior to taking the communion. Apparently I was speaking a little quicker than I was at home. Um, so this morning... Uh, we, this morning we practice the spiritual discipline of the Lord's table together. This is a fitting way to start the series of the forms and functions of the church. This practice of the Lord's table is not only a chance to remember and celebrate, but also to have our lives as the, as the church reshaped and reordered. We approach the Lord's table remembering this is a spiritual discipline in which Jesus inaugurated for us. It is a practice that reminds us to be present in communion with others and in our presence 
and with the presence of God. As we have seen, this practice has its roots the night that Jesus uh, was betrayed by someone in his community. The scripture tells us, the Lord took, took bread and spoke a prayer of thanksgiving. He broke the bread and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he did the same with the cup. He said, this cup is the new promise made with my blood. Every time you drink from it, do it in remembrance of me. Every time you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you tell about the Lord's death until he comes again. The Lord's table is the meal Jesus gave us in remember our new life, our new story, and our new family. In remembering this, what was done, uh, and what will come. It is an experience, symbolical, recording our lives in presence of God. In a minute, I'm going to pray, and the worship team is going to play lightly during the time of meditation. I invite and encourage you to look inwards at your heart, your motives, and your thoughts. If you need reconciliation with God or with someone here, deal with it before you take part of the act of worship that is deeply symbolic for us encountering the Lord's presence. When you are ready and when you are at peace, I invite you to come to the front. There will be tables on either side of the worship space. As you come forward, do so in a state of worship and approach the Lord's table, break off a piece of bread and dip it into the cup of juice. As you find your way back to your seat, uh, take the bread and eat it and let Let's follow in the Lord's direction, giving thanksgiving for his gifts and remembering him, our dedication to him as we partake. Lord, we thank you. And what else can we say? You endured so much to make way for us. May we approach this practice in awe and worship, surrender and <clears throat> remembrance as we remember the way you created peace for us. May we remember the way you are engaged, your presence, and each other with the same peace. When you are ready um, and when you are at peace, I invite you to come forward to the front and take part of communion. Uh, at this time, Josh will begin playing and we will proceed with the communion. <clears throat> 